Good morning, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Shouts of Grace. I'm your host, Pastor Sam. God told Zerubbabel that he was going to complete the temple with a shout of grace. And just like God had a task for Zerubbabel, he has good works for each of you to walk in. But it is going to take a shout of grace for you to accomplish it. The goal of this podcast is to help you to find that shout of grace by connecting you daily with the Word of God. And with that, we're going to start our journey through the book of Proverbs. So if you join me from Proverbs chapter 1, it says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet will run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. But if they lie and wait for their own blood, they lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gate. In the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scornings, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm, And your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge, and they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel, and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way, and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely 
and will be secure without fear of evil. Now that's Proverbs 1, and I want to point out just a few key verses here, and then we'll expand upon them just a little bit here. But here are the key verses that I really want to bring your attention to. The first one is is Proverbs 1.7, and it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The second key verse is Proverbs 1.10, where it says this, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. The third key verse is a little bit of a passage here, I guess. It's verses 14 through 19 that I want to read to you again. It says this, Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the ways with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. The final key verse that I want you to to see in this passage is verse 33, and it says this, But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without the fear of evil. Now, of course, we need to start in the beginning, and it tells us that in the first key verse that we looked at, verse 7, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, if you miss this, then the study isn't going to accomplish anything. It doesn't matter if you listen to the whole month as we take one chapter at a time through the book of Proverbs. If you miss this verse, it doesn't really matter because this is the beginning. And if you don't start in the beginning, well, you can't start anywhere. And this is the beginning. And the beginning is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, it's the beginning of knowledge is what it tells us. Now, the fear of the Lord is where we must start, and this is something that is so key to understanding the book of Proverbs. Of course, Proverbs, the the whole idea behind it is, is wisdom. We understand that. This is Solomon writing to his son, trying to impart wisdom upon him, and he tells us that knowledge, and later on he'll tell us that wisdom, they start or they begin with the fear of the Lord. And this is something that we don't talk about a whole lot in today's day and age, but the fear of the Lord is so important and it's so key. In fact, if we do talk about it today, most of the time, it's just brushed off really quick by saying, well, it's just talking about respect. It's just talking about respect. Now, respect is part of the fear of the Lord. I don't want you to misunderstand that, but this word fear simply, it means these these words. It means fear, reverence, dreadful, or exceedingly fearful. So though there is that idea of reverence there, and we should respect God, we also do need to understand that there's a reason it was translated as fear and has been translated as fear. And for centuries, Christians have talked about the fear of the Lord and that's because God is a dreadful and awful God in the sense that he is the judge of the earth. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfectly holy. And we fall short of that perfect, righteous, holy standard. And we deserve hell. And so therefore, we should fear him because he has power to judge us and to cast us into hell. Now, we know he is a loving God who sent Jesus Christ to come and to die on the cross for our sins, but that doesn't change his holy standard. 
And so therefore, we ought to live our life understanding that God has a standard and we ought to fear him and work in such a way that our lives reverently obey him. And that ought to be a working principle every day in our life. Do we wake up asking ourselves the question, what does God think about this? And do we put every scenario through that filter, realizing that we should look at what God thinks about it, and we should obey what he says because he has the authority, because he is the judge of the earth, because one day, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you will stand before God as your judge, as an unbeliever at the great white throne of judgment, and you'll be cast into the lake of fire as a believer at the Bema seat, and your works will be judged, and some of them, hopefully not all of them, or even most of them, will be consumed by the fire. It'll be burnt away. And if we don't live our life in accordance with the fear of God, in receiving that knowledge, acting in accordance with that wisdom, starting right there with fearing God, then what's going to happen on that Bema Seat Judgment Day? We are going to have shame in our life. We're going to be embarrassed standing before the judge of all the earth, before the one who died upon the cross for us. We truly ought to fear God. We ought to have a true reverence and a fear for God. We need that so much in today's day and age. The second truth that I want to point out to us today is that small, simple, yet powerful verse in verse 10 where it said, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. It's one of those verses that after I get done reading it, I want to go, well, duh. Well, duh, of course, if sinners entice you. If somebody's saying, come on, come sit with me. Come on, come sit with me. Don't consent. But why is, why is it that Solomon put this right here in the book of Proverbs and he put it you know, right away in chapter one? Why is it? It's because it is so important and how many times people fall simply because they consent to sin. How many times would you avoid sin if you simply said, no, I'm not going to consent with them? This is why it is so important to make sure you have good influences around you. Cut out the people who are trying to get you to sin and draw you into sin. Cut them out of your life if you need to. And make sure you tell them up front, no, I'm not going to sin. I'm going to honor God because I'm applying the knowledge and wisdom that I have because I fear God. The third thing I want to point out is that passage that we read from verses 14 through 19. And this is something that's really interesting because this is the point that bad influence leads to bad economics. If you have a bad influence in your life, if you have poor friends in your life, if you have cho chose your friends poorly, they're going to have an influence on you, and those friends are going to ultimately have an economic influence on you. It's going to impact your pocketbook. And I mean, with the price of eggs that we have today, you don't really want your pocketbook affected negatively. That's for sure. But let's read that passage again. It says this, Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. 
but they lie and wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. You see, bad influence will lead to bad economics, and bad economics, ultimately, it will lead to death. See, over the past 100 years, or at least going back to uh, 2017, we see that that marked like the 100-year anniversary of communism. And in that 100-year anniversary of communism, conservatively speaking, there have been 100 million deaths since communism came about, directly tied to communism. I mean, that is an incredible amount of deaths when we think about that. That is just, a, I mean, a, a mind-numbing number. In fact, one that because it's so high, we, we might just look at it as a statistic. But I want you to think about that. Think of just 10 people that you know and then times that by, well, quite a few zeros right there. And, and you're going to end up with 100 million people. Can you imagine that? I can't. That's just incredible of people who have died from communism. Well, why do I say that? Why do I bring this up? Well, this starts off by saying, cast in your lot among us. What is that the idea of economically? Well, that's the idea of socialism or communism. Let's just all put into one pot. Let's just all put into one pot and then we'll distribute it from, for, from everything else, you know, and go and give it here. Let's just have one purse. We can all just come in together. And what does Solomon warn? He says, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Don't jump into socialism. Don't jump into communism because then their feet, where do they run to? They run to evil. And of course, it ultimately leads to 100 million deaths, as we see. Actually, much more than that, probably. It's vanity. It's vanity is what it says. And it has great danger that comes to that. Now, while this might be an extreme example the same principle applies and is true in smaller situations. When somebody comes and says, look, I, you know, they're not good friends. They're not encouraging you to righteousness. They're not doing the right things. They're, they're evil people. And they come and they say, look, come on, let's, let's just chip in together. Let's just join up together. Let's, let's go and take this thing together. What's going to happen is that you are going to end up wasting your money Ultimately here, it's going to end up in pain. Hopefully it doesn't end up in death. I mean, it, it, it certainly has before in people's lives. But I'm just telling you right now, this principle is clear. Bad friends lead to bad economics. And bad economics, well, it ultimately leads to death, whether it's wasted life or whether it's actual death in certain cases. And so you need to be careful with that. Choose your friends wisely and do not cast in your lot among foolish, evil people. The final verse that we want to look at is verse 33, where it says this, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Now, of course, this is wisdom that's talking out. This is the personification of wisdom that's crying out in the city and crying out to you. And if you go and you look at the Word of God and you see the principles of the Word of God and you even see natural law, the laws of nature and nature's God, you know that these things are crying out to you. 
pointing you to heaven, pointing you, saying, look, there is a God, and then you find the God, realize it's the God of the Bible, and you find that, and you find his word, and you can find wisdom right there in his word, but you have to listen. Now, this is comforting words, because we live in an evil day. So let's end with security. Once again, the verse says, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely. Whoever listens to wisdom will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. If you want to have security and safety in the day and age that we live in, you must listen to wisdom. You must saturate yourself with the word of God. You must seek out God and his desires in every situation. See, wisdom cries out from God's word, but you must listen to it and you must pursue it. Once you gain wisdom, you will dwell safely and you will be secure without fear of evil. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember, Joshua 1, 8 and 9, as we depart, it says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. is already